This year has us all wanting to be healthier, and that includes our eye health. But how do you get vision coverage if you're retiring? It's actually pretty easy. VSP, the vision coverage many people get through work, offers individual vision plans. Enroll anytime, on any device, and start using your benefits the same day. You don't need to be an employee to get employee-level vision coverage. Visit VSPDirect.com today. That's VSPDirect.com. everyone another new week of the retro gamers man i got a marathon going on today larry here and anthony here what's up Ant? hey well that marathon is partially my fault well actually it's entirely my fault so <laughs> sorry about so, that nah nah don't worry about it i uh just came off of recording one podcast wonderful podcast now i'm off to another one which is fantastic as well of course this is the uh this is the uh the go-to podcast of course well, I would hope so. Otherwise, you're just going to hurt my feelings. <laughs> well, that's that's uh, secondary. Um, no, this is uh, <laughs> definitely definitely my go-to podcast. But I did just uh, record, which will drop a little bit later. PS Midnight Cast. Definitely check them out. All things '90s. So the good one, nostalgia. We did some uh, wrestling, some SummerSlam talk. Since that will drop right, literally right after SummerSlam. So uh, nice. That's right. August is uh, yeah. You're gearing up for SummerSlam, huh? man. That is August is a busy, busy month for me. I'm telling you, I got the first Saturday in August. I got a wrestling show in Long Island, not Long Island, Staten Island. Uh, the old what used to be TNA, now Global Force Wrestling. Um, then the following week, we got the Expo, Long yep. Island. Right. Uh, the week after that, I'm doing something. Oh, SummerSlam. <laughs> we can after that is SummerSlam. I was just going to say, yeah. there's, that, there's, that, yeah, there's that little event that um, we just mentioned. Then there's, I guess I'm doing something in that final weekend. I can't remember. My Augusts are always book, booked, which is, I guess is good. I shouldn't complain. Yeah, well, you know, I'm equally booked because, you know, I'm busy over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're jet-setting over there. Yes, I'm in Orlando next weekend. So. Oh, that's right. Yes, all righty. And then I'll be in New York for the Expo and other, and, and other things. I got some... Uh, I got some business. I need well, to take care of. <laughs> well, you're in New York. Might as well take care of it. That's right. Good. I stuff. will not say what it is. <laughs> soon, soon to be found out. Uh, so. Not if I do it right. <laughs> um. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Other than that, though, things are going good over here, and uh, your week has been pretty good. Uh, you know, it's um, it was a very strange week actually because I've been I've been in um, Los Angeles for. Two entire weeks and wow, um, yeah, I'm kind of kind of at a loss. Um, it's not often awesome to you do that. No, um, especially after I spent more or less four weeks traveling <laughs> uh, to different places. So um, being home for two whole weeks was definitely it was it was great. It was absolutely great. I'm very happy that I, I'm very happy that I'm home. Um, but it, it's weird to try and like get back into get back into a routine. <laughs> um, because then I start, I'll start getting comfortable in my routine and then I'm back on a plane. So, uh, <laughs> and then routine so I just, is broken. Yeah. So it's just very odd, but it, but it, but it's been nice. It's been yeah. uh, absolutely nice. I've been, uh, I've been trying to stay a little low key for a change and, uh, 
recharge the batteries before I start flying all over the place again. Excellent, excellent, as you should. Um, yep. So we've, um, you know, our Facebook page, we've been doing really good keeping up with the Facebook page, facebook.com slash retrogamerspodcast. Uh, we've been posting some yeah, fun stuff up on there. Yeah, we're throwing we're throwing updates uh, we're throwing updates up uh, almost daily now, which is uh, which is really good for us. Yeah, I know, right? I really liked uh, we put up the uh, the baseball stuff, um, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And then I thought that was fun. A listener of ours posted the uh, the Bill Buckner um, famous baseball through the legs as done through RBI baseball, which I remember watching yes. that like years ago. It was hysterical. And I never I never saw it before, so. Um... I sat down and watched it on my lunch hour today. It was uh, it was really cool. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, that's such a famous scene in baseball history. You know, Mets, Red Sox playoffs. Man, you know, Mookie hits the ball, goes right through Buckner's legs, which end up causing the Mets to win the game. Um, and then later on, I believe the series that year. But you yes, know, when that I watch when they won the uh, that is when they won the World Series. When I watch that RBI thing, you know, it plays out like it's like a nine minute clip, and it starts off, I think, at like the top of the rotation for the Mets. I forgot how, like, nail-biting that whole half. It was the bottom of the 10th, and the Mets were down, like, 5-2 or something. Um, they were down 5 th- They were down 5-3. They were down by two three, runs, that's right. b- bottom of the 10th. Yeah. And then their their first two guys at bat, you know, I think they both popped out. Something so, like that, yeah. Yeah, so got- you're talking bottom of the 10th, 5-3, and if the Red Sox won, they were going to take the series because they were up three games to two. <laughs> So and then he, you know, and then just the biggest comeback probably in Mets history. What? Well, yeah, but uh, like you, like all you do is you focus on the one part with Buckner, and uh, that was a hell of an inning, and and it, it took RBI baseball for me at least to realize <laughs> how important that inning was and how clutch it was. Good God! Yeah, and I, uh, whoever whoever like staged that in RBI baseball, I mean, kudos to them because I mean, they had to uh, they had to reenact every single thing that happened in that inning. Um, like, or they had to actually, I'm sorry, they had to reenact the entire game because like, you know, their scoreboard was set up yep. bottom of the 10th, five to three. So like they had to, they had to maneuver their way all the way through a game <laughs> to get to that, which was kind of awesome. Yeah. Right. You know, imagine how many times it took to do that. Um, and it kind of leads to like a lot of these, you know, uh, I know uh, lowbrow, I think is one of the studios that does a lot of like the eight and 16 bit, um, like videos on YouTube, like Sonic for hire or, Pokemon, yep. uh, you know, Rusty uh, uh, Adventure and stuff like that. I mean, which are mm-hmm. so funny, but uh, done in that eight and sixteen bit style is pretty cool. Kind of see how how that's become a niche in uh, in animation nowadays. Oh yeah, no question. And there was also um, was it on Comedy Central or was it Cartoon Network that had the uh, that eight bit animated oh, like, sitcom? Code Monkeys. That? Code Monkeys. Code Monkeys. Yeah. That was. It was probably Comedy Central. I remember that. That was awesome. Code yeah, that was, that, that was actually really fun. It's hard that to find. I can't find it. Every time I try and look, I can't find it anywhere. I think, I think when I was watching it, uh, I had watched it while it was on – I think it was on Netflix at the time. Ooh, all right. Um, so, I, yeah, I, didn't, I never finished it because I think I, think I kind of got stale after a certain point. Okay. I see that. Um, but, I mean, you know, but the nostalgia factor was kind of cool to see, like uh, like an actual like twenty minute show <laughs> yeah, uh, right. done completely in eight bit. So <laughs> it was really fun, definitely. And uh, one more thing I want to mention that was on our Facebook page because we do get a lot of contributors, uh, which is really cool. Um, 
now forgive me. I, I apologize because I'm really bad because I'm I'm just beat today. Um, who who'd you get the uh, the Famicom for? The mini Famicom? Your friends there, Pennsylvania? Oh, uh, my friends, uh, uh, Christine and Charlie over yes. in uh, Pennsylvania. Yep. Um, awesome that you got in the system, but to see yes, how they, they had it, happy. how they had it set up, just hanging from the television, it's well, just driving yeah, I, me back. <laughs> yes, and. <laughs> I, I, I messaged him about that <laughs> because I thought that was uh, I thought that was interesting. But then again, I mean, let's face facts. You saw where their t- if, if you saw the image, you know, their TV is set up above their fireplace, and we all know that these the NES Classic and the Mini Famicoms they have very short wires and they have very short controller wires as well. Mm-hmm. So if your TV is up that high. I can't think of any other way you're going to be able to do that. I, I may donate him. Maybe. Give him, give me his address off air, and I'll send him my 10-foot uh, HDMI extension cable. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because they de- they definitely need one. Uh, maybe we can maybe we can do a GoFundMe for them or something. <laughs> yes. If everyone chips in a dime, we should be good to go. <laughs> well, hopefully that was just a temporary setup. I'm sure they're gonna. They're gonna, they'll set it up properly, or they'll just never tell me exactly, you know, like what's going on over there. Oh man! That's... I just figured you get one of those um, the Velcro stickers, and you just put that on the back so you can stick it to the wall. Oh, totally right. That'd be the best way to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, although you gotta you're gonna hurt your neck, like you know, staring up at that screen sitting on the ground. So. That TV is a little high. That's all right. That's all awesome. good. It's all good. Getting, Love uh, you guys, by the way. Yes. No. Totally. Totally. Um, I'll I'll send you the HDMI wire in the morning. So uh, <laughs> so um, <laughs> but uh, no, that was pretty cool. And it's pretty interesting to see like such a young um the the new generation playing such an old Japanese system. Uh, you know, it's pretty cool. You know, this whole you know, let's face facts. If it wasn't for retro, we wouldn't be doing this right now. That's very true. Did you also see the article that I put up earlier today about the Virtual Boy? Yes, I did see that. Yes. Now, see, somebody actually found a way to make the Virtual Boy useful. <laughs> but and, you it, know, and and I'm not one to ever admit that I'm wrong. But I have to admit, like, I'm absolutely, you know, I have been found wrong because two years ago, this guy found a perfect use for the Virtual Boy. But but the game he invented, the the way you play the game is you annoy your friends until they tell you to stop. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's awesome. Do you remember the name of the game? Oh, m- something mustache. Yes, it was. Uh, oh man, now I'm trying to remember the name of the stupid thing. <laughs> but uh, it was definitely awesome. <laughs> oh, oh, it was. Um, it was um, mustache mayhem. That's right, mustache mayhem. I was gonna say mania. Mustache, mustache mayhem. mayhem. And, and so basically, just to explain, if you didn't see the article on our page, you know, please go to our our, our page on Facebook. But um, this guy t- took a virtual boy, that uh, a broken virtual boy, and what he did was he created a game on it called Mustache Mayhem. And what it is is um, he uses uh, a camera to capture his friends. You know, the same way you would use your camera on your phone, except when you capture your friends on the camera, it puts a mustache on them, and <laughs> The longer the longer you have a person in frame with the mustache on, the higher your score goes. And all it and says, it just goes mustache, mustache, mustache. That's all right, it does. Right, for, right, and for every yeah, for for every second that you have it on somebody, it says that and gives you a point. <laughs> and then the goal is obviously to, to you you hold it there for as long as possible until your friends can't stand being around you anymore. <laughs> so 
this you know this is probably the only seal of approval I will give a Virtual Boy in terms of usage. <laughs> what about so for the, anybody, uh, I was gonna say, what about what? the Virtual Boy, the the Street Fighter, the hacked Street Fighter Two tournament? No, that's just wrong. <laughs> Unacceptable. The only way to use a Virtual Boy from now on is to play Mustache Mayhem. <laughs> Well, maybe it will be on sale at the expo. Who knows? Possibly, you know. And you know what? There's only one of one of it. You know, one version of Mustache Mayhem out there, so it's incredibly that is rare. That's that's gonna be that's gonna be some pretty penny. Um, yeah, I'm 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 afraid to think about the amount of money I want to drop at the expo uh, because collecting here in the U.S. is just wackiness. I mean. Just some of the stuff that's for sale. And, you know, when you go, when your trips to Japan and when you send over photos, not only that, actually the stuff that you've bought, the stuff you sent me that I've bought through you, I mean, mm-hmm. they they keep their quality of games so pristine, it's almost as if it's a whole different world in collecting over there. Well, yeah, and... um that actually brings up a good point because there was another article that I posted. I think it was uh, either um, – it was earlier um, – well, this drops on Tuesday. So this would have been on Friday, Thursday or Friday, um, where I posted um, an article on retro collecting in the US and Japan and why they differ. You know, And um, you know, the, key, the, the key thing to keep in mind when you read this and now me having been back and forth to Japan so many times <laughs> – um, now, now, I, not only do I understand, I understand why their games are in such great condition, but now I also understand that they're, they have a rating system also. Yeah. So yeah, a weird so, one too. Yeah. So, uh, but the cool thing about it is that in the U S the thing in the U S is that we, we've become, or not even we become, but I think when it comes to video gaming, I think it's almost like we became uh, a little bit of like an ADD, uh, consumer. So we get a system, we play the games, a new system comes out, we drop the previous system, oh, absolutely. erase it from memory, and move on to the next one. You know, yep. It's only been in the last few years that um, uh, retro gaming has really like, made this big, you know, this big statement in our country, um, and now people are starting to collect, you know, collect games. Um, in Japan, and this is always one of the things, because like, and I, when we've discussed like, the Famicom and the Super Famicom and stuff like that before... Um, including I did a retro spotlight on the Famicom, remember, not too mm-hmm. long ago because yeah, it was, it was, um, it was its, uh, its anniversary, 35th anniversary, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it lasted too. Right. And I, you know, I had pointed out that it, it wasn't discontinued until like 2001 or 2002. So we're talking, we were talking almost a good, like, 50, you know, almost 20 years on the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason for that is because um, in Japan, systems don't retire when a new system comes out. So like, you know, the the Super Famicom or Super Nintendo came out in the early 90s, like 1991. Mm-hmm. I was like – and in the US, obviously, everybody forgot about the Nintendo. It's like Super Nintendo came out and Nintendo was just done more or less. <laughs> yeah, pretty you know, much. We had, we had games coming out until like maybe 94, 95-ish and then they, that was the end of the Nintendo. In Japan – you know, the Nintendo went on for a good solid 10 years mm-hmm. after the, the Super uh, – or the Famicom – Ten years after the uh, after the Super uh, Famicom came out, so um, yeah, so there's just just this thing in Japanese culture. It's just one of those uh, where you, you know, uh, it's not necessarily that you respect it, but you know, you don't you don't move on from things. You actually hold on to them and you value them. There's a value to them. 
um, and a tradition to them, which is why um, when I went shopping in their stores, you know, I would keep coming back with stuff and you're like, wow, it's in the box. Yeah. And the instruction booklets are in there and the cartridge looks brand new and everything like that. It's because they take tremendous care of their stuff. It's not the type of things where they just throw them away, uh, where they toss it aside or anything like that. They keep everything. So, um, so it was really, it, it's really cool to, to read that. It was a, it was a really good article to read because I, you know, now I've, I, you know, I've been there firsthand and I understand it. Um, and I see the difference because like here in the U S like you remember like Funko land and like, you know, and then eventually GameStop places yeah. like that, that would sell used games here in the States. Like, you were just lucky if you got a clean cartridge. Honestly, you right? It, like you'd, th- yeah. you'd get a Blockbuster one, like with all the Blockbuster stickers on it, or some kid's name written on it. Um, mm-hmm. And then you're lucky if if you get it at a decent price because it's still jacked up in price sometimes. Yeah, but I just got I just got a couple of games in the mail from GameStop because I ordered. GameStop was doing mm-hmm. uh, having a, a sale, um, and they're 360 and Wii games, so they're not even that old. I'm like, there, you know, and I've got, you know, I've got the cover art. I was like, but some of them have stickers on them, no instruction booklets inside. So, it, and it's weird to kind of get it. And it's like, wow, I was like, you know, I, people don't, people don't take care of their stuff here as much. Yeah. So, yeah. So you're always winding up with, oh, I have, uh, I got this game, but it's got like stuff all over it, and, you yeah, know, and it's... it devalues it. <clears throat> no, no, totally, totally, and and I know that you know I read the article that you posted uh, on on the Facebook page, and I, I one of the things that I read on it, if and I'll you know the the, the article will correct me if I'm wrong, um, it's like Japan keeps all that good stuff, like like you said, they have a four kind of a a four scale rating. It's like a a apostrophe uh b and c and like c grade games are still really good quality games but all the ones that are like have no box well not have no box but like maybe like a tear in the sticker or or writing on it or just really junked up those are the ones that come over here and the ones that we buy because those are the ones that we get yeah and we'll pay and we'll pay more money for them than what they sell there because like I remember you know it it makes sense again after reading the article it makes total sense to me now because when I was in like super potato and looking through games and stuff um they would have these little baskets like kind of down closer to the floor like on the shelves like just little baskets and there were a whole bunch of games just thrown in it really and so like I, yeah so I would like you know I would take the basket out and I would flip through the games and I'm like oh I'm like all these games are like super cheap um, and a lot, a lot of them I, I didn't recognize very much, but, mm-hmm. but just looking at them, I'm like, ah, oh, I want, I wonder why they're so cheap. And I'm like, now I know because in Japan, you don't buy those games. You want to buy the games, you know, in better or for the most part, like people want to buy games in better condition. They want the box. They want the instruction booklet. They want the cartridge to be, you know, clean and they want the artwork to mm-hmm. be clean. Um, hence Kinda like the, what you've been doing. Yeah, basically, because like you know, you yeah, I've told you my whole my whole spiel about like I want I want to get the games in as pristine condition, and that had nothing to do with my trip to Japan. It's just that that's the way that that's I like you. to collect. Yeah. yeah, that's just me. It's like I like to get buy things complete when when I can, mm-hmm. you know. So any opportunity that I get to do that is great. But again, you're you're whether it's here in the U.S. or in Japan, you're gonna pay the price for it. Yeah. So you know, and that's why a lot of games like. Um, I saw a um, uh, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past for Super Famicom in um, Super Potato in Japan, and it was uh, $500. 
and because that was probably it was probably a rated i don't know if it was sealed or mm-hmm. you know never opened before it may have been a brand new one i don't know but um but yeah, like you can see, and there were certain games, like remember, like we were talking not too long ago, like I put pictures up on Facebook where there was one game in the uh, in one of those images that was nineteen hundred yen. Oh yes, or nineteen hundred dollars. Right. And I'm like, who's going to pay that much for that game? A hardcore collector in Japan who will want that game in the condition that it was presenting it mm-hmm. will um, will take uh, will buy that. And then it's not only that, and you know, um, with the rating system, though, they'll also explain. They're very very thorough about it because. When I was paying for my games, like I was sit, like I would buy my games, and then I'm not kidding you, like um, you know, because I would buy so many, I would be standing at the counter with with the employee for about ten minutes because they had to open every box, they had to show it to me, they had to get my approval, like <laughs> they would show it, to, they would literally show really? it to me, wow. yeah, they would show it to me and wait for me to <laughs> nod my head and be like, oh, it's okay, and they would show me the booklet, they would take the cartridge out and show it to me. They would do all of this stuff just to make sure that I was happy with the condition that it was in. Uh, and <laughs> it, come it, out, it makes <laughs> here you go. Here's the game, yeah, gong, exactly. and then you move on. No, that was no. pseudo racist. What? Um, <laughs> no, but it's, it's, it's so, cultural diversity. But no, I mean, but just again, it's just one of those things. It's about you know, quality is really important for yeah. uh, to them. So to see them go through this whole process, because in my head, it's like. I didn't want them to open anything because I wanted to keep it sealed <laughs> in the plastic because yeah. that's the way I think. It's yeah. like, leave it in the plastic. I don't want it open. But that's their job. They have, to, they have to show you everything to make sure that you're happy with it. And if you're not happy with it, they will get you another one. So let me ask you a question. The, the, the ones that you have in the box that are sealed, so they opened yeah. up the plastic, opened up the box, showed you, put it back in the box, and then, like, resealed it? Like, yes. Like, and, and, and it's not like a shrink wrap. It's like a tight seal on it. Well, no, I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a plastic that's kind of like, well, th- this one may not be a good example, but, uh, like, I'm holding one here in my hand right now, and it's uh, my Zelda okay. 2 for the yeah. system. This one, this one's, like, really sealed. Like, you can see, like, yeah, it's got, legit. like... Yeah, that's legit. Yeah, that's a... Yeah, that's legit. There's no zipper but or most, on it. Yeah, but most of the ones that they have sealed are, like, uh, on the back here. Like, it's like um, it's like a self-seal seal almost. Oh, like, I know what you're talking about. It's, like, yeah, glued yeah, yeah. On, it's like a stick. I know stick on so that yep, yep. you can open the flap and close it so like that you know that that's what they would do they would open it up gotcha. and then they and then when i was happy with it they would go through the process of putting it all back into the plastic that's wild. so they didn't give it they didn't give it to me without the plastic they put it right back in the plastic so huh. yeah like everything is all about quality and then on top of it you know to your point uh to what you said earlier about the rating system yeah, i was gonna say did you see that no, you know, it's funny. I didn't notice that on the games because, like, again, because, like, if you look at, like, this Zelda, mm-hmm. it's got all, you know, it's got it's got all this writing on it, I go, which I don't know. Yeah, it's all I Japanese, it. yeah. Right, it's all Japanese. So, but mm-hmm. on some of the ones that I have here, I noticed that um, there are letters on them. Hmm. So, I had no idea when I was picking them up that they had letters. But the whole point of all of the descriptions that they put on these labels is they're basically explaining to you um, the condition the game is in or if it's missing, like, uh, you know, there's an instruction booklet missing or, you mm-hmm. know, like I'm, I'm assuming this, this uh, Legend of Zelda 2 that I have in my hands right now um, because I haven't opened it yet. Like this is one of those sealed ones that I kind of don't want to open <laughs> uh, unless I buy a disc system so I can yeah. play it. But I'm going to assume – what they are pointing out in the description is that um, that there's something missing from it. I don't know what it is because there is an instruction booklet in here. I wonder I if those came in a bigger box originally. Kind of like how CDs used to come. 
No, I, I'm, well, that's a good point. I don't and then, know. Because, and then, like, like, and then you, like a bigger instruction booklet would have been inside of that. possible. Well, no, you can see a oh, thick book. Oh, no, yeah, no, there's something in there. You're right. You're right. So, um, so I, honestly, I do not know. Um, but again, but it, it just it, it just goes to show you. It's like, just imagine a store selling. Do you collect coins, comics, or baseball cards? Do you enjoy hunting for antiques, heirloom jewelry, or classic cars? Whether you're hunting for hidden treasures or just searching for a special gift for that certain someone, you can find it on HighBid.com. Visit HIBID.com today to bid on items in local auctions all over the country. That's HIBID.com. You can find almost anything on HighBid. What's up? It's Kevin Hart. And with new rewards from Chase Freedom Unlimited, I now earn even more cash back, even on a beach getaway. I earn 3% of drugstores on beach snacks. Hmm, these chips have some saying on them. I earn 3% on dining, including takeout, after a seagull eats all my chips. And I earn 5% on travel purchased through Chase, like a hotel room to hide from that seagull. Learn more at ChaseFreedom.com. Chase, make more of what's yours. Account subject to credit approval. Restrictions, limitations apply. Offer subject to change. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. Retro games, like used games, new games, whatever it is. Uh, but all of their used games... Like are labeled like this. That's yeah. That's you know? that's wild because I remember you're right. You know, you mentioned Funko Land, Electronic Boutique, and stuff like that. I mean, they just yep. just threw stuff in a bin. You're right, and and with people constantly going through the bins and the games are rubbing up against each other, they're getting scratched up. Um, I mean, some of the used PlayStation games I've gotten with the scratches yep. and everything, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. No, it is, and then yeah, and if you look at like if you look at all the images I've posted online over the last three months of Super Potato, you can see exactly how everything is neat, everything is lined up properly, um, multiple copies of games like you know are on the shelf together. Um, anything that's boxed is on a different shelf. The, obviously, with the boxes and everything, there you know you got to pay more for those. Um, but again, you pay more for that quality. And and after reading this 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 article, you know it's funny. The all joking aside, the Virtual Boy box, the picture you sent me, that box was beat up. So it's almost like now I'm even kind of shocked it was being sold. Well, no, I mean it's not, it's not to that effect. Like like when I bought my Famicom and my Super Famicom, like those things weren't in boxes. Mm-hmm. I bought them as is, which is why they were like not as expensive because there was a boxed Famicom that I was staring at. I was like, but it was two hundred bucks. Wow. And I didn't want to spend two, I didn't want to spend yeah. two hundred bucks. I don't blame it. But yeah, but they have systems there that are just um, there was um, well there was the Virtual Boy that I showed you that was like three hundred. Yeah, um, it was like three hundred bucks. But again, like you got to imagine like these used systems are coming from consumers. Mm-hmm. So like that means the consumers there, not the store, but the actual consumers who purchased these things in the past, hung on to all of these things. So then when they wanted to trade it in, they boxed it all up in its original packaging and brought it back. So it's just a testament to, like, you know, how people care for their things there. No, you're right. Like, I'm even thinking of my own stuff. Like, I remember I just had to – I mean, I don't – I'm not really one to sell back anyway. But, uh, like, to make room, like, I got rid of all the jewel cases for, like, PlayStation, PS2, and Xbox – original Xbox games. Because, again, I don't plan on selling them back. But I needed the room, so I threw away all the jewel boxes and put the CDs in the zipper cases. Like I got to imagine that's like like blasphemy over there. Yeah, basically, because if you went to go trade those in over there, you're going to get pennies. Yeah, because that's you're not like you're not giving though. them. Com- yeah, you're not giving them complete items. Um, like me, I keep everything, mm-hmm. um, or at least let me say that differently. Once I started 
collecting or started paying more attention to it, I started keeping everything. True. Like all yeah. my all my old stuff from when I was a kid. It's like you're Obviously. when I was a kid, I go, you know, oh, who, who knew? You know, who cared? Yeah. You know, all you wanted to do was play the game. So the box gets thrown off. And, Please, you know, I, maybe you kept the instruction booklet. I remember when I got a Super Nintendo. My mom, bless her heart, she was like, "All right, time to get rid of your Nintendo." I'm like, "Why?" It's like, because you have a new system. It's an upgraded system. So, you know, you're not going to play the old one anymore. And I remember she had me, she coursed me into selling off my NES games and, yep. and my NES system. And I mean, look, back then, though, there was no such thing as retro. So who knew, like you mentioned before. Um, right. But, you know, it's, it's, you're right. Now, now I can relate it to my Funko Pops. I'm a collector, huge collector of Funko Pops, you know, the little figures with the big doe eyes. When I yep. first started getting them, I took all of them out of the packaging. Who knew? It wasn't until I got, like, through Loot Crate, I got some special editions, had stickers on them. Like, hmm, these seem special. I'll keep those in the box. Then I kept yeah. the bobbleheads in the box because I couldn't really stand just looking at a bobblehead, just bobble its head slowly all day because this house doesn't uh, get rocked. The purpose of a bobblehead. But there's a five-year-old upstairs, so I that would annoy ah. me. Um, but then, then I'm like, you know what? Forget it. Everything's staying in a box. <laughs> yeah. So, well, no, I mean, and, and well, and that's when you, be, that's, that's when you actually switch from, uh, just being a, a fan of something to exactly. a collector. Exactly. Know? Um, and you know, with video games though, at least you can, you, you can take some type of benefit from it because you can play the games and still be a collector by keeping everything. Exactly. True. Very true. You um, know? you know, it's funny too. One more thing you talked about keeping things in pristine. No one here keeps things in pristine friend of mine at work, he was, this was a few years ago, actually, I think I still have it in, in my closet, he was getting rid of his Genesis, and he's like, so I got a Genesis, I got some games for it, he had like Castlevania, he had Aladdin, some some really good games, so he's like, I'll sell it to you, I'm like, alright, how much, and he offered me something which was ridiculously low, I'm like, but this is first sight unseen, so I'm just thinking, I'm just getting the system, getting a controller and some games, like, alright, whatever, um, so I give him the money. It was 50 bucks. I'll tell you right now. So $50. So I'm like, all right, cool. Give him the 50 bucks. So it was a system in like six games. The games were just as is. There really weren't any boxes, which is fine. I was deal with that. The system, it was a Generation 1 Genesis. Mm-hmm. It came in the original. He still had the original box. Nice. He still had the original pamphlets in the box. And I found the original receipt that he kept in the box when he bought the system. And everything was crisp new. I went up to him the next day. I'm like, I have to give you more money. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I cannot accept this for only $50. And I think I tried to give him like another 50 or 75 You wouldn't take it. But like, I'm wow. like, you have to take more money for me. This is not even – this is not a choice. <laughs> well, good well, good for you for being honest, but yeah, I mean, when you stumble on things like that, it's just amazing, you know. It was like, wild. Yeah, but again, it's just a, a testament to some people. Just you know, there are people out there who are going to keep things in that in that type of shape, and you know, kudos to them for being able to do that. I wish, you know, obviously, you know, in hindsight, I wish I did that with all of my games. But again, <laughs> as a kid, you're not thinking that way. Nah. Uh, you know, I also wish I didn't trade in so many of my games. You know, in the '90s when yeah, Funko Land. You know, when Funko Land was a thing, oh, Funko was, Land, totally. like, like, you know, it was like, you know, in the U.S., it was a big fad all of a sudden where it was like, mm-hmm. hey, guys, you don't know what to do with your old games. Trade them in here. 
you know, and then buy, you know, buy games for your new systems. It was, it was just a cool idea where it's like, oh, I'm never going to play these old ones again because I want to play the new ones. You know, it's and funny. here we are. You're right. We went from like a society of, okay, I'm done with the game. Let me sell it back. I don't need it anymore. So I'll get money to get new games where now we're pretty much looking to buy back what we sold <laughs> at a higher yeah. price probably than what we bought it originally. <laughs> uh, more, more or less. Yeah, that's about the gist of it. <laughs> Oh, well, well, I guess uh, when it comes Such to... Such is the life of a collector. Honestly, it is a uh, expensive life, and uh, who knows what we're going to see at the uh, the gaming expo. I hope to see uh, a lot My of good stuff. credit card. Uh, <laughs> most of them take cash, so that's good, because uh, if I don't have the cash on me, then I'm stuck. Uh, that's okay. That, that ATM machine is going to get rammed. <laughs> Long Island Retro Gaming Expo, look out. If I see, again, if I see a Legend of Zelda in box... For 150 bucks, I'm pulling the trigger this time. I'm saying it right, right now on this show. All right. And if I see it before you, <laughs> <laughs> as the end of the retro gamers comes to a conclusion. That's it. There's gonna, that, our last podcast will be us squaring off at the expo for the last copy of Zelda. Live on Facebook. <laughs> live on Facebook. Um, but yeah, no, that's what I'm looking forward to most at the, at the at the Long Island Retro Video Game Expo, August 12th and 13th. Get your tickets, liretro.com. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing those pristine um, condition games, and I'm also on the lookout after last week. I'm looking for uh, I'm looking for Westward Ho. Oh uh, well, I, I really hope you are because um, I don't think you could find a finer game. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna have to buy it with rubber gloves, but. Well, yeah, out. and you may want to ask them if you can test it. They have to make sure it works. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so uh, you know, collecting. And if anyone, you know, if you're listening, hit us up on the uh, on the old Facebook page there, retro uh, facebook.com slash retro gamers podcast. Let us know about your collection. Like maybe you bought some cool games. Maybe you've seen some cool games for sale. Uh, maybe stuff that you've sold that you regret. And um, you know, hit us up about it, get a conversation going, and uh, we'll see what uh, what the general public has to say as well. So, but uh, it's pretty interesting to see, and, and I, I bet you know from your side as well, Ant. Like you said, now you can see, and I get, I get, I bet when you go back to Japan, you're gonna be when you're in Super Potato. It's almost like you're gonna be in there with with fresh eyes. Kind of looking at everything almost, which, which, which is which is really dangerous because like whenever I go there, it already takes me an hour just to figure <laughs> out where to find a game <laughs> or a game I'm specifically looking for. <laughs> now we can probably triple the time I'm going to be there because now I'm going to be looking for like okay, um, so which character is the grade <laughs> and what do these things mean? Because I bought these without any idea of what it means. Honestly, so. right? <laughs> so yep. So. Um, if I miss my flight home, it's because I'm st- I'm stuck in Super Potato. And I was happy to see Super Potato uh, Super Potato in the co- in the article. Yeah, see, I mean, it, it, for anybody who thought I was making it up, Super Potato's a real place. <laughs> and not only that, but they 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 pointed out um, in Tokyo the the area that um, you know they said yes. like you know there are different sections in the city that cater to a specific thing, and um, Akihabara which is where Super Potato is in Tokyo, is called the Electric City because that whole area is just all about gaming. It's all about that type of stuff. There you go. So if you're ever in Japan, folks, be on the lookout. We got A, A apostrophe, B, and C. I don't know why it's graded like that, but it is what it is. And, uh, Ant, next time you go, you're going to have to be on the lookout now for those grades. 
I am going to definitely look for those grades, and then I'm going to bring you back a basket of the crappy games. Oh, game on. All right, everybody. This week on the Retro Gamers, we're introducing a couple of new uh, mini segments. I don't know what we're going to be calling them. If they're, uh, I don't, they're not really interstitials or whatnot. <laughs> but we're going to be doing some some little mini segments, and um, we're going to start right off the bat here with a uh, little segment I like to call Wacky Retro Games. <laughs> wacky <laughs> Retro Games. Wacky Retro. And, yes, and this week's Wacky Retro Game is called Llamatron 2112. <laughs> that is Llamatron. 2112. And when I say Llamatron, I'm talking about Llama the Animal. <laughs> Llamatron 2112. What, uh, what system did this grace? Okay, so this game graced uh, MS-DOS, the Amiga, <laughs> and the Atari ST. Well, that's a new one. Yep. Uh, it was published by Llamasoft Limited. <laughs> Boy, these people, uh, they, they, they like what they like. <laughs> And it was released August 5th of 1992. Oh, so wow. what? So what is Llamatron, you may ask? It is a clone of the original Robotron game, <laughs> where the robot, robot was replaced with, you guessed it, a llama. And please tell me, don't llamas spit or those camels? Yeah, no, no, no. Llamas can spit. Uh, <laughs> camels can too. That's what but they basic, do ba- Basically, you are controlling a llama, and you're shooting various monsters that range from enemy hamburgers to evil faces <laughs> okay. all to rescue to, in, in an attempt to rescue the innocent sheep <laughs> who comes up with this stuff oh i don't know gosh. but they but but, but the, you know what they came up with it 25 years ago so this week's wa- wacky retro game we wish a happy 25th anniversary to llamatron 2112 pick it up at your local fungo land <laughs> So we got a uh, collections abound. Uh, you know, we were just talking about with the Long Island Retro Gaming Expo. We're really looking forward to getting some games, probably more for collecting as opposed to playing, or at least some of them will be just pure collectors. And uh, you know, we were talking and kind of asked, "What are the expensive games that are out there?" Yeah, and I'm sure like um, there are there are some there are some standards that everybody knows. Um, that are that are ultra rare and super expensive, but um, you know, uh, for people out there who don't collect um, and just you know you know remember their games fondly, um, you might be surprised to find out which games are actually kind of some of the rarest or um, most sought after um, video games uh, in the uh, retro library. So oh, absolutely, uh, yeah. So I thought, yeah, it, it seemed like a good idea considering we were just talking about retro collecting. That you know, we also discuss some of those uh, some of those rare birds out there that are uh, that you know what only serious collectors would really spend money on. Oh, absolutely! And uh, some of these that we looked up will be just for the serious collectors. So yeah, and um, and we kept this uh, this this list that we uh, that we came up with is uh, uh, American only because mm-hmm. um, I saw I saw a few things in Japan that I think would fall on this list, <laughs> um, but we didn't we didn't factor those in. Because right. they, they, they keep their stuff in much better condition than we do. <laughs> they do, because I'm looking at some of the pictures here, and some of these are beat up. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so we're just going to talk briefly about some of these guys. And uh, you want to start the ball? Sure. So let's – ooh, that – I did not want to see that. So we've got a, we've, we've got a top ten here. However, we're going to slide an extra one in. <laughs> yeah. So we're actually going to be doing a top 11. Yes, yeah, so because there's uh, a new we, game on the we'll, list. 
is a new game that made the list um, as of yesterday, I believe. Uh, just about, yeah. So I'm we'll, sorry, uh, but when I say yesterday, I mean Thursday of last week. <laughs> of course, yes. I'll never, you know, I'll never get used to this whole offset. <laughs> you know, like we don't, re- we don't, we don't record the day that it drops. And, there's there's yeah, no I'll never wall. Get, there's no fault. Yeah, and no, I can't get used to this. <laughs> so, uh, all right, so let's kick it off here with uh, number ten and uh, one of the number eleven. Off- See, I've already forgotten. I've already screwed this up. Number uh, eleven. Pay attention, man. Number eleven, uh, which is also probably one of the worst games ever made, but still begs for a high value. Uh, Atari's ET, the extraterrestrial. Which right, there's a caveat to this one. Uh, yeah, and and we're gonna give the price ranges for these um, because remember we're talking either pretty much card only versus. In box, not even mint in box, just in box. But this game goes for anywhere from five dollars to about fifteen hundred and thirty dollars. Um, you know, well, and the and the reason why it goes for that high is because I don't know if um, uh, I know you've seen it and I've seen it, and I'm blanking on the name of the documentary where game they over. went to go game over, where uh, they went to go to the uh, to prove the uh, urban legend that a bunch of these were buried in a ditch somewhere in Arizona or Nevada or wherever the hell it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they fa- when they actually dug them up and found out that it was actually true, they did bury them in uh, the city of Alamogordo. That, is a uh, that was it. It was Al- Alamogordo, New Mexico. Um, they found a whole bunch of ETs and, and other games. They found, I think... Um, they found like missile command defender. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah, like Atari just like buried all of these games in a landfill. It got buried in a landfill. So when they dug all of these up, uh, some of them were still like sealed in boxes and things like that. And obviously, the 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 largest amount that they found were ET because they had made more ET games than systems that were sold. <laughs> yeah. So figure that one out. Uh, not exactly the smartest thing. Um, but almost 800,000 games were excavated out of this landfill. So naturally what happened was they took they took some of those and they threw them up on eBay. Um, and they were, um, you know, they were just, you know, trying to see um, how much money they would uh, collect off of these. And one of the highest bids came from uh, the e- a copy of E.T., uh, for fifteen hundred dollars, yeah, man. Um, you know, just go back a little bit. I mean, like you said, it wasn't just ET. There was other games in there. Almost eight hundred thousand games were unburied. Yep. That I did not know. That's that's pretty wild. But yeah, um, I mean, that's huge, absolutely totally. huge. But to go back to this, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Looks like they made over at least at the time of this uh, of this um, uh, article, they made over thirty seven thousand dollars with a lot of the eBay. Uh, auction that they were doing and it's funny too because i bought my et for like two bucks <laughs> i mean granted yeah, it wasn't your, buried yeah in but the yours, was, yours wasn't buried in new mexico for 30 years who knows maybe it was these people don't know what they're selling sometimes so then if we if we create a time capsule and we just bury all of our games for 30 years and unearth them 30 years from now can we sell them for a ton of money <laughs> be lucky if we can sell them period <laughs> be lucky if we can find them <laughs> <laughs> that's very true let's put a homing beacon on it Number yeah. nine. <laughs> number, number 10. Number 10. Dang it. It says number nine on my screen. Um, Atlantis 2, which ran, uh, it fetched anywhere between five and $7,000. That's a big jump for me, too. Yeah, it's definitely a huge jump. Um, that, was one of those, um, that was one of those games where um, 
it was a sequel to it was a sequel to the original game Atlantis, and there was a, there was a contest where you, um, players were invited to send their high send the photo of their high score in Atlantis, um, and then the best players were then sent a copy of Atlantis Two, which was a more a much more complicated game from the original Atlantis. So. And- because that was because that version was not mass produced, it was only given to people who did this. Yeah, you know the game. The game is rare, which is why um, you can get a copy of the game. Uh, if you get a copy of the game, you're going to be paying through the nose for it. Well, it depends. Here's what I like about this. So here's the difference. Here's how you know the difference between Atlantis and Atlantis Two. Basically, oh, yeah, go for it. both cartridges looked exactly the same. They look like Atlantis, but um, I guess uh, the company who made Atlantis didn't decide to make a whole new cover sticker for it. So all they did was just threw an extra little white sticker, probably the ones back in the day that you use at like video game rental stores, um, as just Red Atlantis Two. So basically, it was an Atlantis sticker with it, like a handwritten Atlantis 2 probably on it, which was easily able to take off. And apparently, there is a way you can tell if you're buying the original version, like Atlantis 1, which is cheap, versus Atlantis 2, which could be a lot of money. And you got to feel bad for the seller who didn't realize they were selling Atlantis 2. Oh yeah, and well, and you gotta feel bad for a collector who bought what they thought was an Atlantis two, and it turned out to be an Atlantis one. <laughs> yeah, right. Number uh, yes. number nine. Aha, got it right. Number, ah, there you go. Eleven, ten. Yeah, number nine. Uh, Red Sea Crossing, which uh, can go from anywhere from ten thousand dollars to thirteen eight. Good lord, and that's insane. I mean that. Um, I mean, this game was also uh, interestingly enough, like the, the the three games we've mentioned at this point, all Atari. Yeah, so far, yep, all Atari. So, um, yeah, it, and what's interesting is that uh, in this article we're reading, um, in 2007, this guy, uh, this user, logged into the forums on AtariAge.com, and he said he picked up a copy of Red Sea Crossing for 50 cents <laughs> at a garage sale. Um, and basically, Red Sea Crossing, uh, if you don't know what the game is about, you take on the role of Moses. It's a biblical game. Uh, and the, and the job, obviously, your job is you need to cross the Red Sea. But as you're crossing the Red Sea in this game, you're dodging fish and turtles and arrows <laughs> being thrown at you by the Egyptians. That's probably what really happened. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's exactly what happened. Of course it was. Um, but only a few hundred cartridges were ever made. So... Um, when this person found out about it, um, you know, he decided to throw it up on eBay uh, after a certain amount of time, see how much money he got, and he sold it for ten thousand dollars. That is that is a wild, wild flip. Well, that's a great investment. Yeah, I man. I gave somebody fifty cents, and I made a ten thousand dollar profit. <laughs> Holy cow! And what's cool is uh, later on, um, there was some shop in Philly. Uh, I guess a, uh, a, a medium Bob's curiosity shop, which was selling the game for $50. And mm-hmm. after they learned about the auction, they threw their $50 copy. They were trying to sell on eBay, which sold for about almost 13, nine. So that's, yeah. Hey, you know what? That's, you know, it's funny because there are games out there, you know, and this is just a point. There are games out there that, you know, you may, you may not even realize that you have, that could be worth this much money. If you just, you got, you got to do a little research. 
Um, but you need to figure it out. So if anybody out there has Red Sea Crossing, good for you. <laughs> uh, number uh, number eight, which has a really cool uh, story to it here, uh, a game called Air Raid. I don't know why I thought I remember playing this game, but I must be thinking of something else because uh, I did not own a game that ran that you can fetch for either anywhere between 3,000, and that's got to be just like the game pulled out of the bottom of a bin to almost mm-hmm. $33,500. That's insane. That is a that is a ridiculous price range. Yeah, I, and it, it's amazing how um, I'm curious to figure out exactly you know, I and I guess the the range will be do you still have the box for it? Do you have the instruction booklet for it? You know, cuz obviously the more complete the game is, the more money it, it's, you know, going to go for. Yeah. And um, so originally people thought there's only about 12 copies left. Uh, so that made it a huge collectible item. Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection. Now 65% off. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection. Now 65% off. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. And this one guy, Tanner Sandlin, in 2010, he was reading an article uh, about this game. And this game had a very unusual, what they call the T-handle design, which kind of became somewhat popular. In fact, I think I have a game, Astro Blast, that if that's, I don't know if that's considered the T-design. I think it is. So he recognized the cartridge. He went into his garage went through his his games, and he found what was now known as the 13th copy of Air Raid in box. Yep. And he sold it for $31,600. Oh, and just so you know, that uh, Astro Blast is not the T-Design. Oh, no, what's the T-Design look like then? No, the T-Design actually... I don't have a $30,000 game? The cartridge looks like it has a handle on the top of it that you can hold on to. what the hell is that? That is that Air Raid, before. my friend. Wow. Okay, yeah, no, I never had that. Yeah, I neither did I. I've seen that. Um, I, w- I wish I did. Yeah, right. I can, I can use $30,000. Uh, apparently, there was only one copy of Air Raid that is considered complete in box, meaning even the instruction manual is in it. Um, yeah, it's crazy. So I- I'm sure somewhere out there in the universe... There's another air raids. And this guy sold his for a thirty-three four thirty-three. It's not too bad. Absolutely oh. insane. All right. So what's next here? Um, We're gonna. I think that's it for the Atari list. Yeah, I was gonna say it's, it's broken down. I was wondering why that was on there. All right. Yep. So next up, number seven, seven. the Nintendo Power Fest 1994. Uh, a game here that runs anywhere between ten thousand uh, dollars, pretty much anywhere between ten and eleven grand. Yes. 
So, and the Nintendo Power Fest, we've t- we we we've touched on this a little bit because we did a we did a podcast, one of our podcasts about the Nintendo World Championships, mm-hmm. which Larry and I both went to. <laughs> the Nintendo Power Fest was another event they did in 1994, where um, people competed against one another, um, but there were three, and there were three games that you got to play. And it was uh, Super Mario Brothers: The Lost Levels, Super Mario Kart, and Kendrick Griffey Jr. presents Major League. And whoever <clears throat> got the best score in each city went to the World Championships and all that stuff. So for the tour, though, only 33 copies of the game of the Nintendo Power Fest game was produced. So again, it's one of those things where it's like it's super, super rare. So if you happen to run across something like this, um, you know. You're looking at a cool ten to twelve grand in your pocket if you sell it. And uh, listen to this. So with this game, the Ken Griffey Jr. version of the game, basically, um, in this competition cartridge, when you were playing the Ken Griffey Jr. baseball, you hit a home run. It was ten thousand points, which you know wasn't really a lot of points to to get the overall win on the cartridge. Uh, a lot of people were focusing on the Mario game to do that. So what they did later on is they actually changed the Ken Griffey Jr. home run points to a million points, actually really giving it some oomph. So the original guy here who had a cartridge, because this thing was... Nintendo returned them to use them for parts. Uh, the guy sold it for like twelve grand, and he actually had like the, mil- the $10,000 point version, which is more rare than the million point version. With the home runs. But here's yep. here's the part that kicks. So this guy, J.J. Hendricks, bought that cart in 2012, January, for 12000 He threw it up on eBay in 2013 and had a bid for twenty three over $23,000. Wow. The highest bidder backed out. And he ended up only selling it for eleven. Now, granted, only eleven. It's still a lot of money, eleven thousand. But imagine having twenty three thousand, and then the bidder going, "Meh, I don't want it anymore." Well, no, forget about that. Imagine buying it for twelve thousand and turning it around and selling it for eleven. So he lost. Oh, a that's true. Bucks yeah, he did lose money yeah. in the auction. Yeah. Yeah, he wound up losing a thousand bucks on the deal. I would have preferred, like at that point, I would have hung on to it if I could have, and then just waited for it to increase in value. Unfortunately, I think you know rules of eBay are once you know if a bidder backs out, it goes to the next highest bidder. It is now. I don't know if the rules maybe were different back then. Who knows? Uh, I, I don't think so because I, if I, otherwise, if I were this guy, I would I would have kept it. <laughs> That's true. Uh, next up on the list, number six, a game which I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not really familiar with. A game called Super Copa, uh, which runs for about four hundred dollars to about sixty nine hundred. I feel like this list is out of order. Uh, the li- I think the list is a little bit out of order if you're uh, if you're really looking at it. Um, I have a feeling that they have them listed in. Um, uh, console order. Probably. That's yeah. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. And that's what it is. Yeah. So we're going. Well, we're going kind of like the top, top three Atari, top yep. three Super Nintendo, whatever it is. So, um, so yeah. So Super Copa. Honestly, I've never heard of it until I saw this list. So um, anybody who knows, you know, who knows what Super Copa is, good for you. Um, <laughs> if you if you do not know, it's a South American version of the North American soccer game. Tony Tony Miola's Sidekicks Soccer. Say that three uh, times fast. I would prefer not to. <laughs> um, so, the, so that um, it was distributed in South America by a company named Playtronic. However, there's a second version of the game with a different box and label artwork that doesn't say Playtronic on it at all. So um, 
This made people believe that it was actually released in North America by a different company. Hmm. So whatever that alternative version of the game is, it's extremely rare to find. So obviously collectors are going after it. Now, um, at least a, a loose version could go for like 400 bucks, but a sealed copy... Uh, there was a sealed, brand new sealed copy of the game that sold for about sixty nine hundred. Well, here's it looks like there's a bunch of figures, bootlegs coming out of there, um, cl- uh, filling up on eBay. So it's the loose cartridges are are cheap. The original box, if the original ah. box is part of the auction, that will go as high as four hundred. But you're exactly right. If it's factory sealed, we're looking at almost seven thousand dollars. Well, which is interesting because if the if the cartridges are going for less, I wonder if there's a way to get a cartridge and then have it um, um, have it appraised. It's see if it's crazy a seeing the jump in loose cartridge versus cartridge in box versus factory sealed. Yeah, factory sealed. Well, I mean, you got you got to again, you got to think about it. I mean, if you have a factory sealed game from like 30 years ago, you got to imagine that very few of those exist. Well, we're going to touch on that in a little while. We are. Let's move on. Next up, number five, uh, Exertainment mm, Mountain Bike Rally and Speed Racer Combo Cart, uh, which can go, and this is for the Super Nintendo, uh, ranges anywhere from $1,500 to $3,700. Yep. So why is this game so interesting? Well, funny you should ask. So let me get the name right. So Exertainment Mountain Bike Rally and Speed Racer Combo Cart. (laughs) Say that three times fast was released back in 1994 by a company called Life Fitness, and they released the Exertainment System. I remember now, this thing. Yep. If you remember what this yes. was, it was a combination exercise bike and entertainment system with a TV screen built into the console. So basically, if you if you loved your exercise bike, this exercise bike allowed you to watch cable television, Life Fitness exercise programs, or you could play games on the built-in Super Nintendo using special <laughs> controllers that were split between each handle of the bike. I remember seeing so while you're riding, a catalog. Yep. Not a catalog, a magazine. Uh, Sears catalog, maybe? Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. Did you, did you ask for it for Christmas? Uh, no, I, I, was, I was a chubby kid when I was little. I was not going on any gym. Or going any, any, anywhere near no, an exercise bike. You can play video games, huh? <laughs> I knew my limits. We all have our limits, folks. <laughs> So anyway, so um, so uh, the the games for it. There were two games that were made. There was Mountain Bike Rally and Speed Racer, and then they had a, uh, then they had they had individual ca- uh, cartridges, and then they had a combo cart. Um, of course, because this was a high tech item, it was super expensive. So a lot of these didn't get sold, um, and then. As people got rid of the bike, they got rid of the games because they only worked with the bike, um, which makes these games really hard to come by. So a loose copy of Mountain Bike Rally by itself only will sell for like 25 bucks. Um, and this is the solo cartridge of Mountain Bike Rally. Yeah. Um, and then if you have a, a sealed copy, you can get it from 50 to 350 bucks. So again, no, not, not a big amount of money. No. But if you have the combo cartridge... It it can bring in anywhere from it can bring in over fifteen hundred for a loose cartridge wow. or up to thirty seven hundred for the sealed. Fifteen hundred for a loose cartridge that is yeah. a wild, wild, that is, wild stuff. 
That is very wild. I want you know, I want a I want the exercise bike. Yeah, no, I, it's funny. I do remember seeing that. It's pretty cool. I got I got to look that up. You know what's cool? You know how um uh like comic books are graded and uh, baseball cards are graded and stuff like that. I don't know if you ever seen like I've seen video game boxes graded and in yes, those cases they have companies that do that now. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. So that's starting to happen so, now. That that's something else that's going to get all my money. Yeah, honestly, it's a lot of money to grade. It's ridiculous. Although right now I'm looking at a picture with the uh, of the Exertainment life cycle. It's uh, wow. It's uh, it's it's a massive piece of equipment. <clears throat> Is it really? Well, you know, <laughs> I've well heard you got to think some people. Uh, God, um, this isn't the better <laughs> half. Um, so this isn't your other podcast. Um, oh, and it's not Custer's Revenge anymore. Either. Hey. Oh, so, my God, that's, that is yeah, not so, at I mean, all what I was thinking. Well, about. you have to remember, it had to have a whole TV attached to it, and this was the early 90s. So no, you're right. It sure does you, look you like needed a, You needed a whole extra piece. That does look like it was just pulled out of the, the 90s. Just a TV monitor onto Good it. Lord. And that's not what I was thinking of. I was thinking of something else. What's funny is I found an image of it in a store. Yeah, honestly, like look at that. Has, yeah, somebody has this in a store because there's a Wii U behind it there in is. the glass case. So this is a recent picture. Right? Wii U, PS3. Interesting. So uh, if anybody's interested, you can get yourself an Exertainment life cycle. Is a ColecoVision back there? Is yep. a horrible NES Max controller? Terrible controller. Okay, uh, cool. so the price tag for the this life cycle um, at whatever store it is that I'm looking at it in, yeah. $10,000. All right, and it will remain in that store for some time to come. Life Fitness. Until the end of time. Boy, Life Fitness is still in business, too. They are. Good for them. Good. Moving on. All right. What do we got next? Now we're moving on to the NES, where yes. we will have the well, we'll have four games to talk yeah. about now. And you got to think NES is going to be kind of the older the system, the pricier the game. So up next, well, and number- we're gonna and and basically the three that the three we're going to talk about may be known, you know, by a number of people because these are the ones everybody talks about. These are the big ones. Yep. Number four of the eleven, Nintendo Campus Challenge. Which uh, ranged from fourteen thousand dollars to a little over twenty thousand dollars. Wow, <clears throat> that is a pretty penny. Yeah, in the early nineties, too, man. That, I mean, th- I remember this yep. campus challenge. Well, hearing about it. Yes, we weren't in college then. No, uh, uh, no. And I think only <laughs> one of us were. In, I think only one of us was in high school. Yes. Well, yep. yeah. <laughs> yeah, just about. But what happened? Yeah, so the Campus Challenge, again, similar to Power Fest and Nintendo World Championships, um, they held um, they held this uh, challenge at college campuses all throughout the country where you played a special World Championship cartridge. Um, you had six minutes to play for high scores of um, on three version uh, three games. You played Super Mario Brothers 3, Pinbot, and Dr. Mario. I'm trying to remember yeah. Pinbot. And uh, highest scores obviously went on in the tournament until somebody won the whole thing. But again, because they only made these cartridges for the Campus Challenge, um, they, were very, uh, they were very rare. Especially because most of the copies of this game were destroyed after the competition tour ended <laughs> for some reason. But uh, one genius Nintendo employee kept his. And sold it at a garage sale. Yeah, that's what you do. Uh, Rob yeah. Walters sold it at a garage sale, like you said, in 2006. Um, apparently, actually, he sold. Wait, this one garage sale. This apparently, this one garage sale sold. Let's see. Um, 
all kinds of NES. By the time he resold everything, he made 50, uh, so this guy made almost $50,000 when it was all said and done. Um, the campus challenge cartridge alone sold for $14,000 for uh, by apparently this guy is uh, known in the collecting world. JJ Hendricks again, he's back and he flipped it to 20,000 on eBay. Yep. And now the the interesting thing about Nintendo Campus Challenge, because Nintendo destroyed all of the copies except this one that this employee has, as far as anybody knows, this is the only copy of the game that exists still. Wow. So I'm actually surprised that it didn't go for more considering that there are other ones on the list that go for more if this is the only cartridge in existence. Uh, so I expect that, that uh, sucker to be a little, worth a <laughs> lot more money years to come. Number three. Now... You know, number three, um, and we're going to have one coming up here in a moment that's kind of new to the list, but from the list that we're looking at, I don't want to give anything away just yet, but if you look at the list, and to me, number one and number two on this list, I feel yep. like can flip-flop at any moment as far as what is considered the number one game to collect. You know no, what I mean? I, I, I agree with you yeah. completely. I, yeah, I think you can go back and forth. Right now, the only thing we can go by is um, which Pricing. one sold for more. Exactly. So, so uh, that would make this – that would actually make this one number three now, even though it was number two up until yesterday. So we're looking at both the gray and the gold 1990 Nintendo World Championship carts. The gray uh, game ca- card I wish I, w- I, wish Honestly, I had. Right? The, uh, the gray cartridge can go from anywhere from 8500 to a little over $20,000. The gold version – Almost $27,000. Which is absolutely insane. Read it. But again, and again, this was the this was the Nintendo World Championships that you and I went to. Yep. And the one where you were afraid to play in the tournament, but I was terrified. I played twice. Didn't win, <laughs> but played twice. So, but there were, as far as we know, that championship cartridge, which again... Similar to the Nintendo Campus Challenge, there were three ver- there were demo versions of three games on there: Super Mario Brothers, Rad Racer, and Tetris. And you can only play the game for six minutes, and ult- ultimately, the highest score would win of all the people playing in the tournament. And that's all that this uh, cartridge does. Now, the gray one—they've accounted for about ninety of these cartridges out there somewhere, mm-hmm, which is yeah. why it goes, which is why it goes for less. But the gold one, there are only 26, which is why that one, the last one that sold on eBay went for like 20, almost $27,000. Wild. Uh, and, but, it's, you know, it's funny. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no but I was going to say, but, you know, this is one of those cartridges where people like you hear stories all the time from people who randomly find these things. Whereas <laughs> yeah. like I was at a garage sale. I bought a bunch of games. Lo and behold, this was in there. And it's like, wow, OK, that's kind of awesome. There's a really so, good um, episode of the Angry Video Name of Angry Video Game Nerd with Pat the NES Punk on it about yes. the World Championship, which is really funny. If you look that up on YouTube, it's a pretty good one. Yes, it is. Uh, all right, so this is where we're going to add the new game that's making it number eleven on this list. Uh, oh no, it's number two. Uh, number two, excuse me, on this list of eleven. You you really can't count. Can it's you? late. It's after eleven o'clock. Um, oh, so what's sold here it's a Friday night <clears throat> and I'm old. So of course this... you're all hearing this on Tuesday, but it's <laughs> Friday night for us. Uh, this is a single game, not even really like a bunch of games, but this is a single game that just recently sold. And I'm talking like literally recently just sold on eBay, a original, let me rephrase that an original sealed super Mario brothers 
$30,000. Wow. And whoever sold it, whoever bought it really should be suing for false advertising because the game was only listed at $26.99. <laughs> well, because that's how much it went for back in the day. Um, so, yeah, so apparently this person who sold it just happened to come across it, right? He just happened to f- – from the, the article I read, he found, he just found this sealed copy honestly, um, somewhere and he decided to throw it up. Uh, he threw it up on eBay. Oh, I'm sorry. It, uh, I'm sorry. It was a website. Um, it, for those of you, any retro gamer fans out there, there's a website called DK Oldies. Um, DK like Donkey Kong, oldies.com. DK Oldies. Um, and they sell they they, they sell um, they sell retro games. You can buy used mm-hmm. games there. And what I also like about their site is you can buy instruction manuals and you can buy boxes. Oh wow, really? Yep. So oh, wow. if you want now, not gonna lie, the boxes aren't cheap oh, depending sure. on the game that you want to buy them for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can buy instruction manuals and boxes to complete your um, games. Which trust me, I will probably do one day. <laughs> um, but apparently, like he had a whole bunch of games, like he had he had a bunch that he was sitting on that he decided, oh, I'm finally gonna throw them up and see what happens. And this wasn't the only one he sold because, uh, according to the article, he had a sealed copy of Kid Icarus that wow. sold for sold for ten thousand dollars. Good uh, And then he put up the Super Mario Brothers sealed, not knowing what he was gonna get for it. He did. He started the bidding. At a penny. That's that's the part of the that's what I love about the article. He just he didn't really care what he was going to get. He just yeah, he wanted had no to idea. sell it. And then and then all of a sudden, thirty thousand dollars. Was My it thirty God. or thirty six? Thirty. Thirty thousand one hundred dollars and forty four cents. Yeah, insane. So I mean, minus eBay fees. Minus well, yeah, and I'm sure eBay eBay takes a nice little chunk of that. <laughs> but still, I mean, considering the fact that you know. Threw it up for you know, threw it up for a penny. Let's see what happens, and boom, thirty grand. <clears throat> wow, That's unbelievable! Insane. And it's such a common game. That's what's funny about it. You can find super. You can pull a Super Mario Brothers out of your whatever because this, there's so many versions of this game. I mean, yes, so many but, copies but, of this original but game. How many? How many sealed no, exactly. versions? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like you, yep. like the game normally goes for like five bucks or ten bucks or something like that. Although I bet, although I bet, like in in Japan or in Seattle right now, like at, like Nintendo of America or Nintendo of Japan, they're, they're sitting there laughing because they probably have like boxes of them still. Oh, they're just like, ah, some idiot paid thirty thousand dollars. We have like a hundred of them right here. <laughs> or they're um, about to make, or they're about to make a few million dollars. I honestly, know. I didn't realize that about Kid Icarus too, man. This guy's good lord. Yeah, good. I mean, hey, you know what? That's what happens when you, you know, when you collect property. You know, I have a, a few weeks. A few weeks ago, I told you I bought a copy of uh, Defender of the Crown yes. on NES, and it was a really good condition. I'm not. It's not mint, but I mean, it's really, really good condition. It's really. I don't know. I should kind of check it out. I don't, who, who knows? I bought it for five bucks. Maybe I can flip it for like twenty. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you know what? Do it, man. I mean. But uh, yeah, this guy this guy is actually a really good collector. Um, he's got a lot of stuff up on his site. You can buy games complete with box and instruction booklet, or you can just buy like individual cartridges, whatever you want. Um, I may actually now that I'm looking at uh, I'm 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 flipping through his site while we're talking about this stuff. I may grab myself a copy of Gauntlet Two complete for thirty bucks. Darkwing Duck for two hundred dollars. Oh, and by the way, he's got he's got Legend of Zelda for one ten. Ooh. So you may not have to wait for uh, the expo. All right, but why, anyway, hold on, hold but on. Anyway, 
real quick. He has, what? yes, the original Legend of Zelda for 110. He's also got the re-released classic series for 110. Come on, that should be cheaper. Well, you know what? I mean, that could be as rare, so um, who knows? But anyway, let's get back to our list and hit number one. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm just looking at somebody's prices. All right, so... Pay, pay attention, Larry. Let's go. Wow. Top of the list. $300 for a diehard? Come on! Okay, number one on this Move list. On. God damn. Number one on this list for a game that tops out. Forget about the low end on it. Tops out at about $41,300. The box alone can go for ten grand. is the ever-popular stadium events. Stadium events, you know, nobody's been able to, at least at this moment, nobody's been able to beat this game. Um, so was released by Bandai in 1987, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was made for the um, Family Fun Fitness Mat, which basically looked like, uh, it looked like a Twister, um, yep. if you remember correctly, right? It's the Power Except Pad. It, yeah, it was the Power Pad. At, in fact, actually, it was re-released as the Power Pad. This I didn't know about Yep, it was the Family Fun Fitness Mat. Um, so basically, you know, when you played the stadium events, you stepped on the mat and you ran. So it was like, you know, you were you were exercising with the controller um, at your feet. Um, but then what happened was Nintendo bought the rights to the game and the mat. And then they did, you know, so then stadium events was... This year has us all wanting to be healthier. And that includes our eye health. But how do you get vision coverage if you're retiring? It's actually pretty easy. VSP, the vision coverage many people get through work, offers individual vision plans. Enroll anytime, on any device, and start using your benefits the same day. You don't need to be an employee to get employee-level vision coverage. Visit VSPDirect.com today. That's VSPDirect.com. Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection. Now 65% off. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply discontinued the fun family fun fitness mat was discontinued and then nintendo re-released the game as world-class track meet and then they renamed the mat to the power pad that you know um so because of and then to avoid any type of confusion in store nintendo pulled all the copies of stadium events from shelves and had them destroyed um so that everybody would just buy world-class track meet however um, about 200 copies of stadium events sold before Nintendo pulled them off the shelves. So, and then of those 200, um, they're estimating that only about 20 of them, uh, 20 complete copies still exist with three factory sealed with three factory sealed. And then one of those factory sealed ones was the copy that sold for four, like over $41,000. Listen to this story. So with the $41,000 one. So the guy in Kansas had a factory sealed copy of the game that he was about to donate to Goodwill. Ha <laughs> ha. Goodwill, you lost out on some money. So he heard this, this guy heard the success of this other lady selling stadium event for like 13000 a box alone selling for ten grand. So he bought the game in 1987, never had the fitness mat. He couldn't find the, the mat. 
And he just forgot to return it. He meant to return the game. Imagine that, forgetting to return the game, and then 30 years later being able to sell that game for $41,000. Isn't that insane? Yeah, that's absolutely insane. And then earlier um, last year, it sold for 35 so it's starting to decrease in value. But still, those were three factory sealed. Meanwhile, the reversioned world-class track meet, five bucks. Yeah, so if you want, if you want to pretend that you own stadium events you can go out there and buy world-class track meet and you know you have the same exact game but it's just not the same is it? <laughs> uh, that is folks your top 11 expensive games out there and uh, if you see any let us know we'd be uh, we'd be interested we'll be happy to swoop in and uh, steal those we'll yes. have our people call your people <laughs> Folks, come on down to Garden City, New York, to the Cradle of Aviation Museum, Saturday, August 12th, Sunday, August 13th, for the Long Island Retro Gaming Expo 2017. The Retro Gamers are going to be there. Anthony is flying in from L.A. for this. Can yes, you believe just, it? Ju- just for this and not, no other reason whatsoever Nothing would else. I be coming to New York. I'm no. only coming to New York for the Long Island Retro Gaming Expo. He's not Even seen- though... Even though the SoCal Retro Gaming Expo is on the same weekend. Oh, is it really? Yes, it well, is. Well, guess what? Long Island Retro Gaming Expo is better because you can get your tickets right now. Expo.liretro.com slash tickets. Get them now. They're $5 cheaper. Single day, single day tickets. $20 for adults. $10 for children. Ages 2 to 12. Two-day weekend pass. $30 for adults. $15 for children. Ages 2 to 12. And the advanced tickets are up until midnight, August 11th, Eastern Standard Time. Otherwise, tickets are $5 more at the door, and the two-day pass is not available at the door. And folks, remember, there's a retro-thon. There's tournaments going on. There's speakers. There's free play. Tons of free arcades. And there's tabletop gaming. Wow, there's tabletop gaming. And for everybody out there who's listening, if you happen to hunt down one of us, Larry or Anthony, the retro gamers... We will make sure you get a brand spanking new business card from us. <laughs> yes. For free. Yes, people. Free. So come meet us. And we're going to live broadcast from the Cradle of Aviation, from the Long Island Retro Gaming Expo. Um, and if we're still there at night, there's Retro and Chill. Let loose on Saturday night. After the tournaments and everything's over, there's a cash bar on the second floor, free play area, and 80s karaoke. Guess who's getting drunk and going to be live on Facebook? So what song are you singing? This guy. Um, maybe I'll sing uh, the theme suit Meyer Brothers. There are actual lyrics somewhere. Okay, good. In I'm Japanese. hoping All right. So check it out. Come on down. Be on the podcast. Long Island Retro Gaming Expo 2017. Again, Saturday, August 12th from 10 to 10. Sunday, August 13th from 10 to 5. Get your tickets. Expo.liretro.com slash tickets. And this week in gaming, <laughs> what do we I, got, bro? Ah, <laughs> three weeks. I think it's three weeks in, and I, I'm still not tired of that, that intro. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, he's thank definitely. Josh, thank you, Josh. Thank you, Josh. He's definitely become a permanent fixture of this show. <laughs> thank you. Uh, it, it's it's so nice to have a, a quality intro like that <laughs> for Especially free. When it was in, yeah, for free. Especially when it was impromptu. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely love it. Okay, so we're going to jump into uh, This Week in Gaming. 
Um, we are going to go all the way back to 1980 to start. Um, so this week in 1980, the Game & Watch series released um, their game Fire in Japan. Okay. Yep. So that was in 1980. Um, one year later... In 1981, if you're keeping track, since I just said 1980, uh, Game and Watch release again. They released the widescreen version of Popeye. I forgot that was a Game and Watch game. Yep, yes. That was a Game and Watch game long before nice. it became a game on the Famicom. Nice. It was one of the launch games for the yeah. Famicom as well, if you yep. remember correctly. All right. Jumping to 1982, um, this is not a game, but actually a company. Oh. Uh, so SETA Corporation was founded in 1982, S-E-T-A. Hmm. Um, their, their most popular games or most uh, uh, games you would recognize would be uh, Twin Eagle and Twin Eagle 2. Okay. Um, Eight Eyes. I don't know if you remember the oh, game. I remember Eight that, Eyes. yeah. Yes. Yep. Um, te- Tetris 64 for the Nintendo 64. Oh, okay. And then they made a ton, 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 ton of Mahjong games in Japan. <laughs> Different All Mahjong right. games. So 1982, Sata Corporation. Uh, we're going to jump over 83 because nothing happened in 83. <laughs> um, I don't know why. Uh, 1984, on the Apple II computer hmm. in the U.S., we got Charlie Brown's ABCs. <laughs> Good grief. You know, something something educational if you should try, you know, you want to track it down for today. Uh, 1985 on the Famicom in Japan, we got a game called Frontline. Okay. I don't know that. Yeah, it do not know that. Game. I don't know why. Um, 1986, also on the Famicom in Japan, one of my favorite puzzle games of all time, and I know you love it as well. It's on the NES Classic, Solomon's Key. Oh, yes, on the Famicom. Mini Famicom Classic. It's on the Mini Famicom. I'm yes. sorry. It's not on no, it's the right. Classic. Good so, game. Love that game. Love Absolutely love that game. Um, we're jumping to 1987. Now, this one took me by surprise. Um, on the Famicom, 30 years ago, hmm. on the Famicom, okay. they had a game called Karaoke Studio. <laughs> now, karaoke is big in Japan, and I know the Famicom on the second controller had a microphone. Sure did. That you can talk into. So apparently they had a karaoke game Interesting. on their system. Karaoke. I'm actually curious to like see how that would work. Were there a lot of karaoke bars when you went? Did you see a lot of oh those? Oh, my God. Everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere. Everywhere. Like, I'm not kidding you. It was like you, you hardly walked more than a block and you saw them. <laughs> it's nothing it, like it just, a yeah. sad Japanese man singing karaoke. Well, I wouldn't know. I did not go into any of them. <laughs> Maybe next time. I don't know. Um, okay, moving on to 1988 on the Sega Master System in mm-hmm. Japan, Thunderblade. Do you remember Thunderblade? I no. sort of do. Okay, good. <laughs> um, we're going to just move on. I'll be honest with you. Uh, 1989 on the Sega Genesis in Japan, because the Genesis came out in 1989, hmm. um, whereas the Super Nintendo came out, I believe, in 1991, so... Yeah, Sega had like two years up on Nintendo. <laughs> uh, but uh, Sega Genesis, Ghouls and Ghosts. Ooh, nice. Nice. Yes, uh, one of the more difficult games mm-hmm. um, on the system. Jumping to 1990 on the Famicom in Japan, we got one of the most classic games ever released on the system. If you haven't played it, 
Run out and buy it right now. I'm sure it's all over eBay because they did make it for the NES in the States. I know Larry particularly loves this game. Bugs Bunny Birthday Blowout. <laughs> I did like that game. I don't know why. <laughs> that wasn't the one that I liked. I liked um, Crazy, Crazy Castle? Castle. Yeah. Crazy Castle. It was, was made like 20 of those. But, uh, yes, Birthday I know. And I, and I don't think I ever finished it because there were like 99 levels and I just didn't have the patience to get through <laughs> <Yeah>. them all. <laughs> Too many levels. And you can only put up with bugs for so long. <laughs> Jumping a uh, year later to 1991 on the Super Nintendo in the United States. Now, this is a game I know we both love. SimCity. Oh, classic. Classic. Absolute classic. Love that game. Still yeah. play it every once in a while when I have a chance. Jack those taxes. <clears throat> uh, 1992. We already talked about uh, We already talked about one game that was released in 1992 uh, on DOS, and that was Lamatron 2112. <laughs> but uh, for this week in gaming... <laughs> I will choose to focus on something a little more monumental than Lamatron. Um, in the United States in 1992, this week in history, we got in our arcades all across the country Mortal Kombat. Wow. 1992. I forgot yep, it was that 20, early. Yes. 25 years ago. Yeah, only Mortal year Kombat. After, only really a year after Street Fighter 2. Okay. Twenty-five years ago, Mortal Kombat entered our lives, and the rest is rating boards history. Who did you uh, use most with the first Mortal Kombat? Zero. See, I was, I was raiding. Oh, you were raiding? Yeah. Did you? Was it the was it the fact that you could teleport, or the thing where you flew across the screen? It was more the you... it was it was more the Superman. Listen, nothing beats. Now, no, that's Liu Kang. Liu Kang no, no, did no, that. That's what he used to do too, right? <laughs> no, was he Liu made Kang? he made a noise, but not like Liu Kang. I don't remember. It it was loud and obnoxious. But he did that anyway. Um, uh, jumping over to 1993 on the Sega Genesis, the much, well, very well remembered and probably mostly reviled Echo the Dolphin on the Sega Genesis. <laughs> yeah, that's a I, you know I tried you know, playing it. I never got into it. I bought it. I liked it because I was like, I was like, this is cool. I'm a dolphin. I'm in the ocean. I'm swimming around. <laughs> and then I'm like, and then I'm like. Wait, I don't know what to do. Because <laughs> I'm a dolphin swimming around the ocean. Because I'm a dolphin swimming around, <laughs> and all, all I get to do is talk to this whale, and then there's this giant jewel in the way, and I don't know, and that was it. That was done. <laughs> Didn't last very long. Okay, moving on to 1994. We have, in Japan, mm -hmm. Wrestle Angels 3 hmm. on the Sharp X 68000. Cha-ching! Wrestle can't, Angels can't. 3. What the hell is that? Wrestle Angels 3. Female wrestling? Uh, that's what I'm thinking, yeah. And the third one. Oh, well, uh, yeah. We need to get a, We really need to get our hands on a Sharp X68000. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure it's terrible. But, oh, absolutely. But we need to get our hands on one of those. <laughs> um, I'll, try, I'll try and smuggle one into my suitcase next time. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> uh, 1995 on the Super Nintendo in Japan... We got Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island. Okay, cool. That miserable sounding kid. What? Yoshi's oh, Island. yeah, I remember that. Baby Mario. But the, game, yeah. but the game was good. No, the game was good, yes, totally. But just every time and he was a little, So away. he whined a little bit. He was a baby. Babies cry. <laughs> All right. 1996 on the Super Nintendo in the United States. Ms. Pac-Man. Ooh, nice. All right. Yep. Uh, jumping to 1997, um, and this is not a game, but a console release. But oh. the, in 1997, this week, 
the Nintendo 64 was released in Europe. Oh, okay. All righty. So Europe got their hands on the system about oh, a year after we did. Yeah, it's late. Holy cow. Yeah, because we got ours, what, September of 96? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, late September of 96, if I remember correctly. I bought the system, and three weeks later, bought my first game. <laughs> Sat on that system for three weeks. Remember, it didn't have, it was the first one to not come with a pack-in game, and Toys R Us was sold out of the cartridges. Wait, wait, but. When you bought the system, you didn't buy any games with it? No games were available. But they had the system? Don't ask. Yep. It was Toys R Us over on Nap Street. Not uh, Nap Street, see, on Flatbush. I went, to, um, I went to Nobody Beats the Wiz. <laughs> and I picked up... It was, it was day of. And I'm not, I, I'm not ashamed to say it was a birthday gift. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Well, it, it, there's a little something wrong with it when it's your 18th birthday. <laughs> what are you kidding me? I'm 37 and I'm hoping to get more game systems this Christmas. <laughs> oh God, I think someone needs to give you the Santa talk. <laughs> oh, oh, hey, um, I don't know what you're talking but, about. But um, yeah, 1996, I, I got that day of with Super Mario 64 and Pilot Wings. Yeah, I remember. I bought I bought the system and it, like for some reason you're, you're right. It, they had more systems and games. I'm like, I'm not waiting. I gotta get the system now. And then. They st- like Super Mario sixty four wasn't even on the shelves yet. I had to buy Cruise in USA. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was my first game. <laughs> Loser Cruise in USA. Ah, uh, you should have ran back and played with your Virtual Boy. <laughs> that was a year later. No, uh, was it? No, no, it was before that. <laughs> no, no, Virtual Virtual Boy came out before uh, before yeah. the N sixty four. In fact, if anything, they probably rushed the N sixty four to market so that they could get rid of that piece of trash. <laughs> Please hurry up and race the Virtual Boy from our lives. Mustache Maniac. Mustache Mayhem, everybody. Mayhem, get, Mayhem, Mustache Mayhem. Get your copy today. <laughs> All right, moving on to 1998. Uh, I'm going to mention two games here. One because one's a personal one for me. All right. But in the arcade in Japan, Soul Calibur was Ooh, released. nice. Another. Uh, what, that's probably my favorite 3D fighter. Really? Uh, um, yes. Okay. Uh, I like it. Uh, I like it. Was it? Th- yeah, it was 3D, right? Yeah. Um, uh, pseudo Ish. 3D, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know why. I always enjoyed that one a lot more. And the Dreamcast version was fantastic. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. I'm going to stick in 1998 uh, and name one other game because this game, this is still a game that I'm trying to hunt down and I must own it. Um, and unfortunately, when I own it, I'm going to have to buy a whole system just for the game. But 1998, Shining Force 3 for the Sega Saturn was oh. released. That's, I need that game. I need that game in my life. To me, that's like the holy grail of games. Well, you know, I had my hands on it in Japan. Really? For the Sega Saturn. But Shining Force 3 in Japan, it's three games. It's part one, part two, part three. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's like that um, here, too. But, right. But when I grabbed it, I, I somehow managed to explain to the store clerk, I was like, will this play on an American Saturn? Oh. And, and she went to find out, and she came back and told me no. Oh, which I was very upset about. But I could have owned the whole thing for like 60 bucks. What? Yep. Who reads the story? <laughs> so it's in Japanese. Me. I want to know what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> but then I would have had to buy a whole Japanese Sega Saturn, which means all of my Sega Saturn games would be in Japanese. Yeah, that's true. As if I was going to buy other Sega Saturn games, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> all right. Moving on to 1999. Oh, well, sticking with the Sega Saturn in Japan, <laughs> uh, we got Street Fighter Alpha 3. Oh, okay. Okay. 
jumping to 2000. There were a number of games that came out in 2000 this week in history. I decided to focus on one specific one um, because it's near and dear to my heart and to Frank Messina's heart. And we're talking about Frank from the better half. Baldur's Gate was released on the Macintosh in 2000, <laughs> which eventually led to Baldur's Gate 2 Dark Alliance, which we all know Frank and I love very dearly. <laughs> Moving on to 2001, on the Game Boy Color in the United States, we got Pokemon Crystal. Ooh, nice. I still got to play a Pokemon game. Yeah, so do I. And That's I own not one. Stadium and all that stuff. Like oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, 2002, on the Mac, or Macintosh in the U.S., Fallout 2. Oh, wow. Yep. That's 15 years old. Wow. Holy cow. Okay. Uh, moving on to 2003. Now we're getting into it. 2003 on the Xbox in the U.S. Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Island Thunder. Good one. Yeah, those Tom Clancy games are so popular. Oh, forget about it. Well, The Division, Ghost Land, uh, Wildlands, Ghost Recon Wildlands, uh, they, they're phenomenal. Yep, absolutely. Uh, moving on to 2004 for Windows in the U.S., we got Doom 3. Oh, okay. Yes, first-person shooters. Uh, which I never particularly love, but I do. I think I may still have the original Doom somewhere. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, that the one that used to run on uh, either DOS or Windows ninety five. Like on remember. floppies? Uh, no, it was a CD ROM. Oh, okay. CD ROM. I, I think I have that, and I have Seventh Guest and Eleventh Hour, which are two <laughs> of my favorite games for PC. Moving on. Um, we've only got two years left to go through. Uh, in two thousand five, oh, this was a toss up, but uh, I just had to. For the PlayStation 2, in Sweden, <laughs> we got SingStar Svenska Hits. <laughs> herder, herder, herder. <laughs> so many things wrong with that. <laughs> oh, and then also, I will point this out. In 2005 on the Xbox, they released, uh, in Japan, Atari 80 Classic Games in One. So this whole comp- Atari compilation flashback thing, that's been going on for like <laughs> over 15 years oh my gosh and we're going to close off this week in gaming in 2006 on the gamecube and the playstation 2 in the united states super monkey ball adventure oh nice good game good game really good game really fun game and that is this week in gaming i hope you enjoyed that Woo. well yeah that was a good sure. one apparently we have to save up our money for a lot of these games I know. I can't wait to go broken like a couple weeks at that oh expo. Oh my god! Bring cash. I, po- I I I will bring my bank with me. <laughs> I'll just bring a banker. I'd be like, all right, give him my money. <laughs> Not much money. Oh man! So you got anything uh, coming up there for you, buddy? Um, do I have any? No, I have a, I have a trip to Orlando next week. Um, so, uh, I, I don't know if I will have time. There's a possibility that I will. And if I do have time, I will see if I can seek out, uh, a little retro game shop somewhere near my hotel. Sweet. Sweet. Um, I will also, I will plug something, but it's not related to retro gaming. That's all right. Um, next week, uh, a movie I've been waiting for, for a good portion of my adult life is coming out in theaters. Uh, Stephen King's The Dark Tower drops on August 4th. Oh, that's next week, uh, right? Yeah, next Friday, right. and um, I I will be in Orlando, and I will be at City Walk that evening, and I will be watching The Dark Tower because I will be I have to see that opening day, whether it's that Thursday night or Friday. <laughs> I have to see that movie. Those are some of my most favorite books of all time, if not my most favorite book series of all time. Um, so, um, anybody who's listening, 
Uh, and ha- and they, if you haven't read the books, read them. If not, go see the movie because I want to see a sequel. Side note, did you see the trailer for Ready Player One? I did see the trailer oh. for Ready Player One. It looks did you awesome. Read it? Uh, yes, I read Ready, okay. uh, Ready Player One. I thought was a great book. Fantastic. However, I quickly forgot about that trailer because they dropped a new Stephen King's <laughs> It know. trailer yesterday, <laughs> and oh man, and um, wow, Ant's more the the Stephen King fan. Actually, he is the Stephen King fan of the two of us. Um, yes, so but, but holy cow, that trailer! All right, I check that one out. Yes, please. <laughs> cool. Uh, what about got, you? What's going on? I got nothing. Well, I mean, uh, I got a lot of stuff happening, but more all nothing really to uh, plug per se. Um, at least not yet. Uh, a few weeks, uh, some stuff with uh, pro pro wrestling syndicate. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, in the meantime, just gearing up for a long SummerSlam weekend in August. Gearing up for the Expo, and um, other than that, that's pretty much about it. So. Folks, check us out everywhere. Remember, Facebook.com slash Retro Gamers Podcast on Instagram at the underscore Retro Gamers and the Retro Gamers dot com. Uh, check us out there. You know, we're posting up pictures. We're posting up some cool stuff, stuff we find, stuff we buy and stuff we think that you're into and, and post, you know, respond, post, let us hear what you think. Um, yes, even I'll because it is starting to become a thing. Hashtag VB sucks, S U X. That's right, because we all need to remember that VB sucks. Has started to take off, so I guess, and I am, uh, I understand trends when I see them, so you can comment with hashtag VB sucks, S U X, and, uh, and remember, you're not just your you're not just doing that for Larry's benefit. You're doing it for the benefit of all mankind, because everybody <laughs> needs to know that the Virtual Boy sucks. And with that, we're going to catch you all next week. And have a good one. You too. Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection. Now 65% off. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection. Now 65% off. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.